Hi folks! Welcome to the Dungeon Boys first campaign, Stardust Echoes. You are currently listening to episode 4, and shit is about to get real. Well, speaking of shit, this podcast is intended for mature. Well, none of us are actually that mature. Um, adult audiences only. Because this podcast is a weird, creative, science fiction, Dungeon and Dragons schlump of fun. And because we all say adult things, and laugh at those things, and I really didn't follow the script on this one, did I? Well, we all creepily laugh, so be careful of what you listen to, <laughs> I guess. Anywho, content warnings can be found in the episode description. And the Dungeon Boys is made up of seven individuals Justine, Lindsay, Arland, Anthony, Dylan, Grant, and Ellie. And we're all unbelievably grateful that you take the time to listen and hopefully enjoy this magical mystery ride with us. Please feel free to find us, like, subscribe on all social media. We are constantly putting out new content and we just love to get to know who's listening and just form part of the Dungeon Boys community. And with that, the Dungeon Boys proudly present Stardust Echoes. The sunsets on Tarrant 19 are a miracle of quiet beauty. The twin suns of the Adyle system arc and wobble across the unpolluted sky in an ancient dance of waxing and waning, until they disappear beyond the deep teal twin sea for mere moments before erupting in a final display of fire and light. A final bow in the day's performance and a promise of a new dance to come at dawn. The warm midday air cools and the blues and whites of the boundless sky give way to the pinks and purples and oranges before they too give way to the dark blues and blacks of night on the derelict world. Miles away from a strange half-elven woman stranded and abandoned by circumstance, and miles more from the small wreckage of the stealth ship, the Ripple, Grace and Cato, eighth in line to the succession of House Cato and would-be Dragon Rider of Moss, marches ahead, cursed and cursing, silhouetted by the dancing suns. What do you do? We were headed towards the caves, correct? Yes. Is is um is uh Grayson heading toward the caves where we in the direction in which we were heading already? Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm continuing down the path towards wherever our destination is. I say, I say, we uh, just continue on going so we can find a good place to camp. Uh, we don't want to be too exposed in these hills. Last thing we need is to get caught off guard again, so let's not go too far. 
Yeah, I'm probably keeping about 20 feet ahead of everybody right now. As as the sun sets, uh, I'm just kind of scanning the horizon just to make sure there's nothing else coming up on us. Roll perception for me. Yeah. First roll of the game. I said it's the first, first roll. roll of the game. Grayson rolled a 23. So at the hills... You see, you know, the shining purple flowers and you notice with your ranger eyes that there's definitely like woodland type creatures running about like undercover. You do, you see some, you notice like old signposts that are rotting with like decay that had like an ancient language written on it with vines around it. Signs that this was probably once a populated place, but so long has passed. Um, but besides that, there doesn't seem to be any immediate danger that you can perceive. Okay. I just keep walking, making sure that the the party is behind me. And if they ever fall too far back, I'll like slow down and wait for them to catch up a little bit before continuing on. Just frustrated with this group of people, but also hyper aware of the job I'm supposed to perform on this mission. Okay. So what about you guys? Are you guys talking or silently following behind him? I think Temple's probably doing the... He's... Probably thinking back because I'm I'm trying winding up to a religion check, something to do with this tattoo, trying to figure out some identification of this demon, some some way to to suss this out. I think he's kind of going through his his logs, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Go ahead and roll religion for me. Ooh, it's the first religion roll of the campaign. Ooh, ooh, let's go. Uh, not great. Uh, temple rolled a seven. Temple, you go through your memory files and try to look. Um, you are aware that this is a demonic tattoo. But besides that, you're not really sure how to place it or where to place it. Yeah, I think he just continues to kind of quietly ponder that as as he uh, follows along with the group. I say, can I roll a history check to see if I recognize anything from my past? Yes. Oh shit, that sucks. I rolled a nine. Yes, you do. Would you like me to say it in front of the team, or would you like it to be privately sent to you? Uh, can you send it to me, please? Ooh, interesting. Nice. Intrigue. Intrigue. Mystery. <laughs> yeah, so I guess as, you know, before, after we continued on after the, uh, after the whole incident, I just picked up pants and just threw them on my back, even if he didn't want to per se just so we can kind of keep things moving but i like to catch up to to grayson and i want to try and make a little light out of the situation um uh grayson um i know you yeah i mean you know you were uh involved with demons and shit but uh did did the did the tattoo hurt at all <laughs> when, when when it was going up your arm no no torash it 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 didn't. I'd say the one around my neck hurt significantly more than the one currently on my arm. I think Pants looks down and he feels kind of bad that his new friend got uh, a demonic curse placed upon him because of wanting to actually just eat food. So he go, He wants to... Can he roll a religion check just to see if he knows anything? Because he does have a pretty good kind of background and knowing things like that. Pants, go ahead and roll an Arcana check for me. 
A 10. Pants rolls a 10. Okay, so you would know that this is a magical tattoo and it's binding. You also know that it is an elvish due to Grayson's... Who Grayson is? It, it's an elvish. Yes. So, like, okay. Because it said, it said something. I don't know if you guys remember what it said. Can you uh, refresh our memories of what it said? Yes. It said, Upon the summon of the demon Tarith's wishes, one favor must be granted by the half-elf Grayson Cato. Can you spell Tarith? Yes, T E R I T H. So that's that's inf- good information for you to know. Yeah, but I, didn't we already all know that? <laughs> Not the part that the tattoo was fit to his body chemistry. Oh, oh, okay. So for I all know you that know, it, six could have gotten the tattoo, and it could have been an Elvish too. So, you know what I mean? So by me be rolling the arcane, I've learned that it is somehow it somehow can magically adapt to an individual so i can like say right. that okay yes so the magic adapted specifically to grayson at, by being an elvish whereas if it had done you it might have been dwarvish or if it had done valen it might have been an infernal do you see what i mean yeah okay so um pants pulls out his little fidget cube thing to scan um <laughs> To scan Grayson's arm. Pans is still on Tarsh, so he, like, kind of swings around to the front and, like, kind of hangs onto Tarsh's, t- uh, like, bicep with his tail. And he, like, takes, like, a quick little, like, picture scan, like, click. And <laughs> he reads it and goes, well, this looks like if it'll be any help to you, Grayson, that it seems to have melded somehow to your body's chemistry. And that's why it showed up in Elvish. That makes me feel so much worse about all of this. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Just that. I could be of some help. Pants. I just. <sighs> I'm you. so lovable and look at my face. Aren't I just the cutest? <laughs> yep. The cutest. Pants. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Just moving forward. <laughs> let's just move forward with the understanding that. People on this planet probably don't want to be friends with any of us and, in fact, want to kill us and rob us and mutilate our corpses. And I think moving forward with that in mind will benefit all of the interactions we might have moving forward with anybody on this godforsaken rock. Now, excuse me while I contemplate whether or not I should cut my arm off and I just kind of walk forward 10 feet. (laughs) Uh, so Pants looks up at Torish and goes, so what he's trying to tell me is I need to keep my mouth shut. It would probably be a good idea, unfortunately. I mean, I know you like talking, but I think we should just give him some distance for now. <laughs> Got it. So and he swings back up onto Torish's back and just sits there. <laughs> Such a little chameleon. All I can think of right now for some reason is, is Pants literally just like having his tail wrapped around... Torash's arm and then just hanging upside down like with his little <laughs> like, thing like, while he's like an opossum you're just like what the hell <laughs> that's what it was though that's what yeah. just happened yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> amazing <Impossible. laughs> so, so uh Torash will kind of Torash will kind of just give uh Grayson some space and just kind of fall back to the fall back to the maid pack of the group so 
Um, so, Panch, what you were saying is the... I just want to kind of tell the group all this. From what you were saying, the tattoo was, like, formed to Grayson specifically? Yes, that's what my scan indicates. Hmm. Hmm. So it looks like if if one of us shook the that asshole's hand, that it would have burnt into us, depending on who we are. That would make the most sense. Should somebody try it? Hmm. Probably not a good idea. Let's go back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> are we saying we're trying to go back to find that demon? I don't know. That's a good idea. Listen, I my my sword is is just really itching to just chop someone's head off. But <laughs> I think we need to keep moving on with the mission. I think that no snowflake ever falls in the wrong place. And though that's sad for our friend Grayson, <laughs> I think that this will ultimately better him. <laughs> Templisms are what I live for nowadays. <laughs> what are you even talking about, ever? <laughs> Obstacles don't block the path, they are the path six. Oh, God. Shall we continue? <laughs> six wants to go catch up to Grayson, too. Because she feels a, a small amount uh, of apathy. Or no, empathy. Sorry. She feels a lot of apathy most of the time. <laughs> this is the one time she feels empathy for poor Grayson. She says, is it still in pain? It wasn't in pain to begin with. Does it look like it's infected? No, it's just a magical cursed tattoo. Because I was going to offer you, I have some healing stuff. I was going to offer you some magical healing stuff and be nice to you. <sighs> thank, thank you, Six. This is, I think, beyond what we can currently deal with right now. This might be a good time to pick up smoking if, if you're interested. <laughs> I'll pass, thank you. Suit yourself. Still not entirely convinced I shouldn't just cut the arm off and have that be the end of it. I can help you with that. I'm sure you could. I have weapons. Very sharp weapons. Yeah, and Torash looks like he's got something too, and I got my own weapons, and everybody has all their own unique ways of dismembering anything we could possibly come across, including ourselves. You could just fillet the top layer of flesh off. Maybe remove it that way. That's the thing. I don't know if this is a manifestation of what's just kind of bonded to my soul, or if this is purely just physical on my body. Do you want to roll? Do you want to roll something to figure it out? No. Okay. <laughs> just making sure that wasn't a cue for me. No. <laughs> no. Either way, I don't think losing an arm in our current situation would make me beneficial to the group in any way, shape, or form. And my top priority right now is to keep all of you safe, which I guess me kind of taking this does that as well. Better me than any of you, I suppose. Prove my worth on this mission and all that. Well, what did we learn from this? That we should shoot first and ask a question later on this planet? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad you guys learned that after Terrawin. Just saying. 
Because she was that nice. That yeah. awful. Yeah, hey, where is she? Where is Tarawin? She's she stay at home? At home. She's, yeah, she's back at her house. She said she wanted a day or two to think about your offer. Got it. Six, what do you think about all of this that just happened? This, what we're finding here, demons disguised as fae. Well, that's, that's why I asked Tarawin why we needed holy water. I don't know what I think, but I think that whatever mission we're on is has not been accurately described to us as to what we're actually doing here. Something feels a bit hinky, if you know what I mean. I do. And hey, I clasp six on the shoulder. I no longer think you are the most uh, threatening thing to this mission anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Your tattoo is. Um, I was actually going to say pants's mouth, but <laughs> yeah, that's probably accurate too. Cool. So at this point, the sun is down. You are pretty much in complete darkness, besides the stars above you. How 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 close are we are we, are we to? Uh, how much ground do we cover in that time? You're probably about two hours away from the caves. I think during this, I think during the time that we're walking in the complete darkness, I'll at least have my hand on Temple's shoulder, at least just kind of guiding him along, just to make sure that we don't lose him and he gets lost. Thank you, Dorash. I, th- I think Valen's gonna kind of uh, spread his wings a little bit and fly up about twenty feet, just uh, fly up and above to kind of survey the land to make sure you know nothing comes up because I do I can see uh, sixty feet. Uh, go ahead and roll perception for me. I just gotta get rid of that dice. Uh oh. <laughs> dice jail. <laughs> Put it in timeout. Um, that's six. Yeah, it's dark as shit, man. You can't see anything. You see the faint outline of where the mountains start, which is where the cave system is. But besides that, you you've got nothing. But it feels it feels nice and brisk and cold up there. Boy, it's a bit chilly up there, bud. Pants pulls out his little tinkering cube because he's so bored. Just sitting, not doing anything, not able to talk because he got told. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He pulls out his little cube. And um, so I think I read artificers can have like a little thing that they can make light, like tinker it and have uh, light come out from it about five feet. So he turns on his little cube. He, like, turns it in such a way, like a little Rubik's Cube, and kind of stretches it out a little bit, and a little beam of light comes out like a flashlight, and he's kind of, like, looking down the path and looking in the fields and stuff, just trying to find something to look at. Oh, that's cute. On top of Torash. Oh, that's much better. Thank you, Pants. No problem, Temple. I can actually see now. With the help of that, can I roll perception um, now that I can see and I'm, you know, hearing uh, as we're kind of crunching along in the field? Yeah, go ahead and roll perception. Temple rolled an 18. Yeah, so you see the fields full of grass. You see small critters here and there, maybe darting in and out. There's a squirrel that peeks up with three eyes and then goes back under and keeps glittering. I don't think I've ever seen a three-eyed squirrel before. Have you, Pants? No, but it was quite intriguing. Yeah, it was very unique. A lot of character. 
It reminds me of something. Not quite sure what, though. Yeah, I think, yeah, just continue along. The team walks and walks, their legs so sore and tired. But as the wind and breeze pick up, they see stars twinkling above them. To the left, they can see Tenebris shining brightly, its rings almost visible. And to the right in the sky, they see the blue sparkle of Gozi Io making its orbit. The temperature starts to drop, and Grayson pulls his cloak tighter around him, while narrowing his eyes at his new tattoo on his arm. Dew starts to form on Temple's metal exterior, shown in the reflection of Pants' cube light as he plays with it from Torash's strong shoulders. Valen stretches his deep red wings in the brisk night air, and Six's amber eyes almost disappear from her cat pupil slits widening. The mountains in front of them draw closer, creating an even darker, muffled shadow on the path ahead. Pants looks up, and if it weren't for the stars, he would wonder where the mountains end and the sky begins. The tall grass and flowers of the hills start to thin and become patchy, as the hills flow up to the mountains. Grayson narrows his half-elven eyes and notices the cave entrance, gutted into the mountainside. The entrance stands 15 feet wide and approximately 20 feet tall. It is pitch black, almost as if it has curtains of darkness pressing against the entrance. And even the light from Pants's cube, the darkness seems to eat alive. Um, I, I think we should uh, take a break. Uh, maybe rest up for a few hours before we venture off into something um, that might get us in a fucked up situation. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I'll try to find a safe-ish spot for us to hunker down for the night near the mouth of the cave. And I'm going to look for a safe spot, safe-ish spot for us to set up camp. You see a cliff face in front of you. There's this big cave opening. You kind of take a few steps back for perception um, where the grass starts to meet this gravel that goes into the cave. And when you look to your left and right, you notice that there's two other cave openings about 30 feet on each side. So there's three cave openings total. Besides that, it's just grassland okay, um, and hills. So you don't really have any cover per se, but you notice there are three cave openings. Okay. The one directly... In front of us, I'm going to venture in about 20 to 30 feet. So as you walk into the cave, you hear dripping of water. Mm -hmm. You see stalactites and stalagmites. You see old broken railings mm -hmm. of like almost like a path. And as you walk in further, there's actually dim light of fey light lanterns. Mm -hmm. Like this cave's been used before. It's not necessarily bright light, but it's enough that you can see. You won't walk into a wall, basically. Right. And yeah, you feel the chill in your bones and you hear the dripping water 
as you intake breath, you almost feel this humid moisture, cold, cold, wet moisture, and your footsteps become louder as they echo through. Do I get the sense that it, the cave is, from everything around me, everything you described, do I get the sense that the cave is currently in use at all? No. Okay. It looks old. It looks like everything else on this planet. Okay. I uh, go back out to the group uh, and kind of motion for them to kind of huddle around. And I say, well, immediately in this cave entrance seems like as good a place as any to hunker down for the night. Better than most. Granted, it's at the mouth of the cave, but at least it offers us some protection from prying eyes outside in the fields. And if there's any weather that comes through. Yeah. And we're not backing ourselves into a corner in any way. We have a way to escape, whether something comes out of the cave or into the cave. I don't think it's the safest, but I think it's safer than staying out in the open. Thank you for your diligent work, Grayson. I will stay up and make sure that uh, there are no strange bumps in the night. Thank you, Temple. Pants, may I borrow the light cube? Oh, sure, Temple. He tosses Temple the light cube. Thank you. Tarash, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, let's hit the fucking shack. My feet hurt. Alrighty. Yeah, let's let's get some sleep. It's been a long day, and I feel like we have a long day ahead of us tomorrow. Six finds a little cave mouse and immediately turns into a little kitty cat and starts <laughs> just, uh, what is that called? Batting Stalk- around. She starts stalking Stalking. it and (laughs) crouching and then pouncing and grabbing it and tossing it and then letting it go and then stalks it some more and pounces. Aww. It's adorable. She turns into a kitty. Okay, so you're winding down. Do you guys plan on taking a long rest here? Like, what's your goal? Yeah, long rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long day. Tasha just going to go right to fucking sleep. I I, I think it's been that kind of day where we're all just going to fall asleep. Yeah, I just, I stay up just kind of making sure everybody is safe. I know Temple is like on watch watch, but Grayson just being kind of the the security officer on this mission, just make sure everybody is asleep before he finally allows himself to fall asleep. Temple, you're in sentry mode? You're like a fan? Yeah, he he (laughs) sat down next to uh, where Torash, I think, landed and (laughs) um, yeah, sat sat down with the light cube and uh, is, is keeping watch. Okay. Everyone roll survival for me. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh-oh. Thankfully, I have a good survival. Uh, Grayson rolled a 17. Oh, no. God damn it. Oh, no. Chance rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> Nat- a natural oh, one that turned into one. a two. Yep. Natural okay. one. Okay, be right back. Hold on. Sorry. <gasps> I forgot. Oh, he's oh, taking no. the shot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Dylan has whiskey now, too. Oh, well, Dylan's chair's, like, just spun. Yeah, Dylan's chair's empty. He's all hot. The minute that natural one rolled, he's like, I have to go get whiskey. Here are the dog. All right, hold on. Sorry, I'm back. Okay, wait, hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. All right, so Pants rolled a natural one, which turned into a two. Uh, God damn, Dylan. It's not fair. Just fucking ran to the bottle, just faced it. Yeah. That's, that's what's up. I didn't have a glass, I'm sorry. I, it's so barbaric. I I have shot glasses <laughs> for him. He does not, not use them. Not in my perimeter, not in my wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. 
a real wife would be standing behind him holding a shot glass, yeah, right? I'm ready. <laughs> I have my little I have my little solo cup shot glass uh, again, so I love that little baby solo cup. It's so cute. I just want to nurture it and take care of it and watch it grow. Into a big solo cup. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're gonna be a big solo cup. Uh Valen rolled a fourteen. Taurus rolled a thirteen. Temple rolled a nineteen. Six rolls a five. Okay. Thank you. So do we sleep through the night? You sleep through the night. Okay. Wake up. Um, Thank you, God. <laughs> wake up. Thanks for that. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It'll be used later. Oh, Jesus Christ. So Valen wakes up, kind of gets up, walks out um, past Temple, and kind of out in the field just to kind of take a look around and see if we missed anything and see if there was anything that we couldn't see in the dark. Um, just kind of scanning the horizon and whatnot. Yeah, so the sun comes up. There's dew on these purple flowers. So you see almost like a rainbow of like these light lavenders into these deep mystic purples as they kind of sway in the wind with the dew covered on them. Um, and yeah, it looks it looks pretty much the same. It's, you know, obviously a lot easier to see. You see some birds fly above, squirrels running around. Besides that, nothing much. Grayson wakes up and after kind of stretching and and kind of making sure everything around the campsite is okay pulls out his rifle and starts like field stripping it and cleaning it and putting it back together pants um uncurls himself from the floor and kind of rolls up sleepily and sits up and is just looking around thrash will just wake up and just be kind of curled up and it'll be mm. <laughs> <laughs> horns oh what oh. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> oh shit! That's <clears throat> uh, not probably one of the best nights sleep I've had in a long time. I like sleeping on the ground. What about you guys? What's with you dragons dreaming about your horns all the time? Oh, it's—I uh, don't know. I think it's just part of our dra- dragon blood, and we just don't want them cut up, cut off, scratched, or anything. I—I I don't know. I like my horns. It's kind of like makes us who we are. They're quite attached to us, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Adorable. (laughs) I love to sleep on the ground. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, Pants, here's your your light cube. It came in very handy. It was an uneventful sleep. Aw, thanks, Temple. And he clicks it closed and starts scrolling on his little scanner again. Torash, I had a dream once that one of my armor plates fell off, and it was very embarrassing. (laughs) I can understand (laughs) I can yeah. understand the shame of a horn falling off. I I would say that as a dragonborn, I think it would be even more embarrassing that a horn falls off than my own clothes do. Wow. I could understand that. Could you imagine having all of your wires showing? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so robots dream. <laughs> Nightmare. Androids do dream. Yeah, Taurus just wants to kind of just check everything like on my person just kind of take a look around make sure that nothing was really no one came in no one else's like footprints you know kind of walked in or you know what i mean roll investigation let's go Torash rolled a seven everything seems the same as last night you got all your stuff and you can't really see anything all right temple probably joins valen for some uh, stretches (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when that happens, I turn to, to Temple. I'm like, uh, hey, Temple, uh, you got anything on that uh, beacon in that map that you have there? 
Yeah, let me check. Happy to check. And he, he kind of twists his wrist and the uh, he pulls up the map. So the hologram comes off this cuff that's stuck on your wrist. And you notice that it's actually zoomed in. So it's almost like as you've gotten closer to the beacon energy that's pulsing, so is the map. The, be- the, the pulsing kind of just seems to be in the mountains at this point. Like, you know it's obviously in the cave system, but you can't really see, like, directionals. You do know you're very close, though. Maybe, like, an hour's walk away. Valen, is that what you were looking for, that info? Yeah, I wasn't. I was waiting for. Uh, um, we're just look, so we're looking at the map. Yeah, I I walk seeing that. I Grayson walks up to join the two of them. I'm like, well, it looks like uh, the the signal's coming from in there, um, and I kind of point at it on the map. Yeah, we're very close. Uh, I guess no time like the present to keep on moving. So we should uh, gather our things and get a move on. Valen, uh, would you mind holding back for a second? Can do. I don't mean to sound insensitive or come across as insensitive but out of everybody you seem to possibly have the most insight as to how do i get rid of this and i hold up i like pull my sleeve down with the demonic tattoo on my arm um i haven't seen anything like that recently i have uh, come across some people that have had things like that in their past they've told me but what it comes down to is um, that's gonna be on there until your your bill comes due and and that demon comes back and asks for something. I, th- I think it might be attached to you as a person. There might be no getting rid of it until you actually do something. What happens if I refuse? Um, I don't know. I uh, I can imagine uh, damnation, maybe death. Uh, at the end of the day, um, either way, I think it'll be a fight. So I just hope you're ready. Well, we're ready, but. Well, you know, let's deal with one problem at a time. This, I suppose, can wait until it can't. Yeah. You're a good man, Valen. I kind of give him a nod. Glad you're here. And I just kind of like punch you in the shoulder a little bit. (laughs) I'm like, let's go get this. Let's go get this beacon so we can get off this damn rock. Goddamn straight. Okay, so I'm assuming the team all starts walking deeper into the cave. Yes. Pull my uh, sword tilt out and I just have it in my hand. Just to have it in my hand. Patch, do you want to ride again? Or do you want to walk on your own? Heck yes, I want to ride. Grab pants and throw them back up on my shoulder. Yeah, you walk deeper and deeper into the cave. It gets darker. But like I said, there are these interesting type la- old old lanterns. They look very ancient and old that have little fey lights bobbing inside. Some flicker, some don't work. But for the most part, you have a light you have a dim sense of the direction you're going. Temple, do you still have the map out as you walk? Um, I th- I think if it's giving helpful like turn by turn, like if it's like giving a or like a readout of the cave as we're going, or is it just sort of like where the bracelet is in relation to the? To you exactly. Um, I think yeah, uh, you know, I th- I think he keeps his arm out, you know, just stiff like an action figure, right, and just kind of has it there and. For, for others to glance at as we walk. Temple has this projection of a map above with a red blinking light. And so there's a slight bluish glow uh, that is uh, follows you as you go, that on the walls you see crystals, dripping streams of water. The beacon pulses red. The cave will turn red for a minute. And then besides that, it's, it's like a glowing light. Um, 
as just as we're kind of walking down, I just remembered that did Terowin say that there were Odin crystals in the in the caves? She did. Everybody, keep your eye out for them. Yeah, I was gonna say as we're walking down, I just want to kind of keep my eye out and see if we can see if see if I can see like an outcropping of like Odin crystals. Would we would we know what they look like in the raw form? Yes. I have a question. Yeah. So what you're saying is is that the cave will occasionally turn red when the beacon glows. Like the beacon itself or off the map? The map. Got it. Got it. Oh. Think of old school radar in movies when it's like the reds beeping towards you like beep, beep. But because it's so dark in here and he has the map projected, uh. it will like kind of shock your eyes for a second because everything will turn red and then all of a sudden it will be blue again. Gotcha. Mm, cool. Just trying to add flavor. Word. Yeah. Word. Magic. You keep walking and you get deeper and deeper until you reach a fork in the road where you can go left or right. Pants sees that we are at a split in the caves and comes up. So he comes up with an idea. Split the party. Split the party. Um, hold on one second. I'm going to come in. That's here. Sorry. <laughs> You're okay. We say split the party. We're splitting the party? We should split the party. Yeah. Yeah. Splitting the party. That's what we do. You never have to be sorry for looking at notes. If anything, it makes a D. It, it literally makes a DM have a brain orgasm. <laughs> Someone's taking notes. Um, he remembers. He goes. So I remember Tintarowin mentioned that there might be Odin crystals down this somewhere in this cave. I happen to have a crossbow with arrows that I have magically um, given the tinkering ability to scan things, just like my little fidget cube thing that I have. So if I shoot the arrow, scan it down as far as my arrow will go. So I could shoot a scan arrow down one side and another one down the other side and see if I can pick up any uh, magical power emitting from anything. I can't tell you exactly what it would be, but I can tell you that there's something magical. Hey, if you shoot one, I'll shoot the other. Pants, that is incredibly useful. So he reaches it, reaches behind him and he pulls out one arrow and hands it to Torash and um, he pulls out the other and sticks it into his crossbow. Tell us about these cool arrows. Give me flavor. What do they look like? Oh, they're, uh, so the arrows are kind of like, um, they're wood, but then the tips of them have little microchippy looking like veins going through the arrowhead that he has kind of tinkered with and made. So it kind of looks like the same idea, the same kind of technology as his fidget cube that he uses. So it's all kind of related and it's all kind of connected to one another that way. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. So you're going to do each do one side. Yeah. So he locks in the left or right Torash. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me which way you want to go. I'll shoot right, and he goes sh and shoots right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shoot left, and Taurus will shoot left. And then does it read out on your QB? Yeah, it'll. Uh, I can like pull up my scanner and read it on the cube. How many of these arrows do you have? Well, I have. Tw Let's see, I have twenty arrows in total, and I think I split them up evenly. So for this type of scanner, I I do only have two. Oh, so that was your only two. Those are my only two, but I can make them. Like I can make I can make them again. Okay, so you pull out your cube pants and you hear like a boop, boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. So the left arrow reads no magic. The right arrow 
does read magic, but it's of a natural source. So on the scanner, it looks like the left side, there's nothing magical happening on that side. But the right side, there seems to be some type of magical, um, uh, something naturally magically and emitting from that side of the tunnel. I say we go right. We have to help Tarawin. And I think, uh, yeah, Temple starts walking towards the uh, Odin crystals. What we think is the Odin crystals. We think it's Odin crystals again. I have no idea. (laughs) So you continue walking. And as you walk, you start to see crystal formations on the walls and on the ceilings and on the floors. As you get deeper and deeper in, you do notice that these are Odin crystals. However, Odin crystals, like most crystals, grow and have to be at harvest point in order to work on ships. These ones seem like they're still growing. Temple, go ahead and roll nature for me to check out these Odin crystals. Okay. Temple rolled a 13. Some appear to be fully mature if you look hard enough. Yeah, Temple relays that. Most of these are young, but I think there are some that are ready for harvest. Would anyone like to help me? Yeah, um, let's do it. Might as well get them now before uh, we we don't come across something else. Do we have the proper equipment? So you, as you walk inwards to the cave, this cave is about 50 feet by 50 feet, and it goes up about 30 feet. There are crystals on almost every surface that you can walk in between and around. They all glint off each other, and they right now are a beautiful silvery blue sparkling, except when the map pulses with the beacon, they all turn purple. And then they they and then they go back to blue. As you walk around this cavernous area, you guys find three fully mature crystal stems. Um, as Torash and Pants walk in. Pants goes, oh my god, I can't believe it actually worked. (laughs) (laughs) While they're harvesting crystals, Grayson will have unslung his rifle and will just kind of like pace back and forth, looking all around, looking up, looking side to side, just keeping an eye out for anything dangerous looking, in particular eyelash bats. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, roll perception. Forget about those. Can't forget about the eyelash bats. Grayson rolled a twenty-six. Oh, Whoa! Damn. Yeah, stop, stop making him roll perception. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing I can do. <laughs> or keep making him roll it. I don't know. As Temple looks at pants and says, "Is there something we can harvest this with?" Grayson is looking at the walls, the ground. He has unslung his rifle. You know, he kind of chin, chest forward, just looking, and he notices there are fresh footprints around the floor. Um, okay. With seeing that, I say, everybody, stop moving. Hunker down. And I whisper to everybody, someone else is here. There are fresh footprints on the ground. I don't know who. I don't know where they went. But we're not alone here. Be ready for a fight. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Six. Torash will pull his uh, sword hilt out and just have it in his hand again. Six, Torash. Can you stay here with Temple and Pants? Valen, 
Come with me to help me follow these tracks. Um, all right. Uh, I pull my uh, blaster out, kind of at the ready. And I go to try to follow the tracks down the cave a little bit. Roll investigation with advantage. Yeah, because there's two of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thir- Grayson rolled a 13 with advantage. Oh. So as you weave around these crystals quietly and follow these tracks... You get to another entrance area of the chamber, and they fade away. They're no longer there. Like, you can tell they were going that direction, but whether another creature was over them or they tried to hide them, you don't know. They're gone. Okay. Uh, seeing that, I motion for Valen to come back with me to the group. Oh, and also you'd notice there are two other entrances in this cave. Okay, great. So there's three total, the one you came from, and then there's one in the upper left and one in the upper right. And where where did we follow the tracks to? The upper left? Upper left. Okay. Once we, we rejoin the group, I'll say, all right, the tracks lead up and out of the top of the cave. There's another exit to the top right of the cave as well. But if we're going to harvest these crystals, let's do it fast. I don't, I don't want us to be sitting ducks in here. Do we even have the proper tools to harvest these? I don't know. Well, I have some smith tools. Fuck, I didn't think someone would have them. Okay. Um, so pants can harvest them with smith's tools. However, you do have to roll for it. Okay. Let me pull up smith's tools. Haha, I have smith's tools. Are they explosive? These aren't explosive, are they? Okay. <laughs> like, I'm just, bang. Exactly. <laughs> you roll a natural run. The whole cave explodes. <laughs> Everyone dies. We're all new characters. <laughs> we all collapse and we all over. So just for our listeners here, Smith's tools allow you to work with metal to beat an altered shape, repair damage. Also, though, it helps you work with any raw materials of useful items. So basically, I'm going to have you roll. If you roll higher than a 10, then you're going to be able to harvest them. So there's three full stocks that you can harvest. Pants, you look at these crystals. You pull out your smith's tools, a big smile on your face with your fangs popping out. And I would like you to roll sleight of hand to try to remove these crystals properly without shattering them. Pants rolls a 17. Nice. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Awesome. So you look at it. Tink, tink. And it perfectly pops off into your hands. It's a perfect Odin crystal. It's like Stardew Valley. Tink, tink. It is like Stardew Valley. (laughs) (laughs) So I grab the Odin crystal and I put it in. I like, 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 look what I did. (laughs) And I put it in my little pack. Great work. We need six more. Way to go, pants. Can I, can I, uh, and then he goes over to another one. While this is happening, um, Grayson will have scouted ahead a little bit uh, in in this same cavern and just kind of tried to hunker down behind a crystal with his rifle traced at the entrance to where those footprints exited just to keep a beat on anything coming through the door or that entryway. Awesome. Okay, Pants, go ahead and say your roll. Pants rolled an eight. So as Pants tries to do this one, like a little cocky because he got the other one, <laughs> this tail waggling back and forth, you hear... And the crystal shatters. That's right. I got the next one. All right. And he's like, well, okay, okay. That one, I mean, I've only done this maybe like once. Uh, (laughs) Just now? Just now. (laughs) He goes over to the other one. (laughs) It might have not been just 
a minute ago, but... You got this, Pants. <laughs> he walks over to the next one. We believe in you. And he rolled a 20, nice. and Pants oh, rolled a 21. Oh, very nice. Nice. Perfect. So at this one, you know, you're really focused after what just happened. Gritting your teeth just tink, tink, and it pops off perfectly. And he goes, um, see, I knew I could do it. <laughs> Add two open crystals pants to your inventory. So none of the rest of these can be harvested? Not at this time. They're all too young. They wouldn't power the ship. You can't just put a bunch of them together. You can't just jam a bunch of little boys in Just get some super glue and just jam a bunch <laughs> yeah. of little boys together. Yeah. yeah. Get some duct tape and just fucking... Just fill the gaps. Fill the gaps with ramen and super glue. <laughs> yeah. Some of these are some of these are definitely the right size, but they don't have the power or energy source of a mature crystal to actually do anything. So they got the full girthy eight inches, but they don't have the power of a girthy eight inches. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use it. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't yeah. learned how to use Dang. it yet. That's the problem. Babe, calm down over there. <laughs> girthy eight inches around? Yeah. <laughs> Makes my mouth water. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Lindsay. All right, y'all, y'all keep the sex like that. I'm sorry, this is the podcast here. So we're gonna go ahead and stop there. <laughs> so uh, now that we have these Odin crystals, where do we go now? Oh, um, uh, well, let's go meet up with uh, with um, Grayson. I think he uh, went up on ahead to scout more. You think there's um, maybe there's more of these crystal caves further further in. Maybe we should see if there's some more because we only need five more. Yeah, but I, um, let let the, let's see if we can find any along the way. Um, I'm not trying to stray off too much, but we do have a mission to go to. Um, Temple, uh, do we know what direction we should be going? Uh, Temple holds up his arm again, um, and God tells him which way to go. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Oh yeah, God. God's a piece of shit and was checking something on her notes. What did you say? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Damn it, God. We're just checking the map. Oh yeah, it just looks deeper in. It doesn't really give you specifics, unfortunately. No, no clue for left or right out of this place. Mm-mm. Sadly. Hmm. Thanks, God. Jeez. Well, up to the left, that's where the footprints lead. If there's anything else tracking this beacon, it might be that way. Only one way to find out. Is so everyone keeping track of which way we've been going to make sure that we don't get lost down here? Yeah, I'm an excellent survivalist. Put that to the test. Did, um, to, to think back, did Tarawin say that she traveled through here often? Like, wasn't this, like, a regular, like, thing? Or no, no, that was, that was passageway underneath that also led to the caves under the hills. Yeah, so she would she would go underneath the hills in the passageways. She would not definitely not do this. I've been making claw marks on the cave walls. To the left, to the left. As Six glides her claws seamlessly across the crystal speckled cave wall, the team turns to the top left entrance. The small passageway is barely wide enough for Torash to fit through. Grayson confidently surveys the team before lifting his rifle and making his way forward. Temple immediately follows, his arm still held stiffly forward with the map illuminating the dark passage in deep blues and purples. 
Torash grabs Pants easily with one arm and drops him lightly onto his shoulders, where Pants' eyes widen as they enter the small passageway. Six, silent as the cave itself, pads in after. And finally, Valen looks back to the crystal-filled cave and to the team ahead. He clutches his wings in tight and follows, bringing up the rear. They carefully move as a unit until they reach another cave chamber. The ceiling rises high above them, and to their right, a small rock formation rises from the floor, and a turquoise waterfall trickles behind it into a small pool. Small pools and puddles are scattered throughout the space, making the air damp and cool. At the far head of the cave, a bronze circular inlay sits upon the floor. It immediately catches the group's eye. Odd symbols cover it, and a pattern of eight circles line the outer seam of the inlay. Next to it, slightly leaning against the cave wall, an older class of AI sits motionless. Grayson's half-elven eyes dart around the dark cavern as he enters first, and notices two other exits besides the one that they are coming from. I cautiously proceed forward to the inlay on the floor. I don't step on it, I just come up to the perimeter of it. Um, so walking walking around kind of all these these stones, I come up to the perimeter. Yeah, it looks like it's got probably a, a gazillion years worth of dust and dirt overlaying it, but you can still see their swirling type patterns. While Grayson does that, I'm going to walk into this another room to kind of like keep an eye out. Temple as well. Can I make any kind of history or investigation check to see if I can discern the nature of what this is? Absolutely. Go ahead and roll investigation for me. Ooh, I'm bad at that. 12. He's got a plus zero. He says, I'm bad at it. Yeah, that's not, it's not. Some some of you over here with like a negative three in charisma. <laughs> <clears throat> Why you gotta call me out? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay. So what did you roll, Grayson? I rolled a 12. Okay. You have no recognition of what this could be. Besides the fact that it looks like it was made by like sentient beings like it's not a natural formation in the rock um and and the only other thing i'd give you is that the the metal circle in the very center looks like it's like a steel alloy type metal base i turn around and and look around for temple and if i can see him i'll i'll motion him to come join me at the perimeter of this inlay yeah temple temple will join uh grayson walk over how can i help you Temple, you've been around for a very long time. Granted, not as long as Terrant 19 has been abandoned, but does this mean anything to you? And I indicate at the inlay we're standing at. Over. Yeah, Temple uh, you know, looks from Grayson down to the, uh, t- to the uh, pattern on the floor and uh, thinks back to um, art and you know, sort of designs that he's seen in his uh, monastic trainings. Temple, roll history for me. Temple, roll the six. Temple feels an emotion of anger, but does not understand why. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Temple uh, stares down at the, at the symbol. Um, 
kind of unmoving and you know some of his motion and stuff is kind of uncanny at times but in this case i think maybe grayson you notice that like i'm kind of locked in on this um not moving not really like visibly like upset or anything but just like stuck and not responding while it's happening you guys might hear some like little like beep 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 beeps coming from pants's cube while um uh, temple's having his moment oh so so pants would have gotten off torash's shoulders and it's scanning temple no he's just he's still on torash but like he's like his cube is just like beep 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 beeping how far can your cube scan up to uh oh am i too far away from him because you're like 60 feet from them. Sorry, not to ruin the moment. Yes, I'm sorry to ruin the moment. No, you didn't. This is D&D, baby. D&D, baby. D&D, baby. D&D. Just say it's 60 feet and you're fine. God damn it. <laughs> it's your scanner. It could be what Yeah, you I think it's like 100 feet. Okay, then you're definitely good. Cool. So you, so Temple locks in, unmoving Grace and kind of looks in him. And right at that moment you hear, of Pants' little scanner. Grayson, go ahead and take the moment back. Uh, I, seeing Temple kind of stuck, I say, Temple, Temple. And then I move my hand in front of his face and snap my fingers and say, empty one, trying to get him to come out. Yeah, Temple raises his head and turns towards Grayson. Apologies, I don't know what this is. You still here with us, bud? Yeah, that was, that was odd, wasn't it? I think I'm fine. But no, I don't recall what this is. Okay. I don't think we should touch it. I agree. After all, our actions are our only belongings. And, you know, you can tell he's kind of off. Like, <laughs> the things he's saying aren't quite, like, he's, he's bothered. So I think he kind of walks away from it uh, or makes, makes his way kind of back towards the center of the room. Yeah. Pants. Pants, can you, can you put your little... Cu- could you put your little cube on the inlay? Oh, yeah. Uh, sure, let me just... I could probably do a identif- identification, magical identification scan on it real quick. Yeah. So I shall go walk over. I'll, I'll kind of stay the barrier between the two of us just in case some shit happens. And I'll keep pants on my shoulder and I walk up to the, to the thing in the floor. Can, while she's doing that, can Six uh, investigate the robo, robo-droid? Yeah. So, Six, you walk up to this older-looking AI and lean forward and looking at it. Go ahead and roll investigation for me. Six rolls a 20. Nice. Holy shit. Six, you actually noticed that this AI might still be active. What do I, what, what makes me think that? Uh, just by the way it is. What is, what, what's it doing with the way that it is? It's stationary, but you notice that there's not a lot of corrosion on it. It doesn't look like as, maybe as old as some of the other things on this planet. Is it humming? No. Is it making sounds? No. Is it beeping? Is it blooping? Does it got lights? No. Okay. It has buttons. Are the buttons lighting up? No. Okay. Just push the buttons. (laughs) Hey guys, this droid doesn't look very old, or at least it doesn't have very much rust or corrosion like the rest of the planet. There's some buttons on it. You think we should press some of these buttons? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I was going to do this and she could balance and say, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, and right then, 
you hear Pants' cube go as it's doing scans of the middle part. Yeah, and he's also kind of looking at his scanner as he's scanning the plate and notices a little ping that he had gotten that he didn't notice before. And he looks over at um, Grayson and goes, was Temple doing anything peculiar at this plate for some reason? He just seemed stuck in an odd feedback loop for a second. Ah, interesting. Okay. Temple is old. Anyway. In the same way Jigald is old, I think, whether we like it or not, entropy comes for us all. Yeah. I kind of get that sense that he's pretty dang old. Okay. Well, thanks for the the note. Anyway, um, so... So he scans the plate on the ground. Pants, you scan this, and this is definitely magical. It's been created. As you read the information coming off, you recognize that this is in fact a a, a base, like an actual, like something hooks onto that metal plate in the center. So based on my scans, it looks like that something was possibly sitting on here. That it's a base for some type of magical, mechanical thing that either lands here, takes off here, or rests here. So that could really mean anything. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't give you more, but that's pretty much all you'd know. So Six is still looking at the Robo-Boy? Yep. Six is still looking at Robo-Boy. Um... Is there any sort of, like, video recording on RoboBoy? This, you notice that RoboBoy does have a holographic projector built into its system. Guys, I'm going to press a button. I got to press this button. I, I really wouldn't. It looks, it looks like we've got a projection button here. Maybe there's some information on it. We got to press this button. Yeah, but we don't know what the buttons are. If you press a button, it might turn on the hey, I'm going to kill you right now button. may not be the projection button. I'm with Torash on this six. Push it. Push it. Push it. Push it. Push it. Push it. Did we not learn? Pants. Pants. She pushes it. Yeah. <laughs> she pushed it. She tells him, <laughs> I gotta push. I pushed it. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Six, the minute you're your pad hits the button. The AI sits up, almost like it comes to life, and says, Ill, I am Sam, the system AI memory unit for the Harper's Guild. To access the holographic information I contain, I will need the microchip key. Ill, I am Sam, the system AI memory unit for the Harper's Guild. To access the holographic it, and then it just keeps it keeps repeating itself over and over. See, he's a nice guy. He's a nice boy. Grayson wants to look it over to see if there's any kind of like microchip port. There is. Does it is it the same shape and size as the microchip we found on the ship? The AW chip? You could try to put it up next to it and see. I pull out the chip from my pack and and see if it'll fit. Seems like it could. Pop it in there. Yeah, I pop it in. The chip perfectly fits and slides in. You hear, you know, almost like when your computer fan gets too hot and is like heating up. Yes. I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> Anthony knows that. <laughs> very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> the AI 
AI and you kind of hear that. And it's like kind of like juddering back and forth and tinkering. And then it says, Hello, I am Sam. Oh, Sam, hi. Hello, I am the system AI memory unit for the Hyper's Guild. Sam, can you access the information stored on the chip we just uh, put inside of you? Processing key. Some lights go off. And then a projection sheets out. So think of R2-D2 with Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's that kind of projection. So it's old. It's kind of corrupted looking. You see a holographic projection in front of you. I'm assuming you all kind of make a half circle around it. Yeah. And there is a female gnome about four feet tall in her late 40s. Or late 40s, early 50s. She looks very tough. She's got a withered face. And she's, you can tell she's pushing buttons on this, this system. At this point, she looks up and looks sharply to her left, almost like she's watching something. Takes a deep breath, looks all around, another deep breath and slightly closes her eyes and then looks up almost like directly at you into the camera. And she says, I have a very short time limit to give you quite a bit of information. So history doesn't repeat itself, and the entire Adayo system isn't doomed to Terra-19's fate. Currently, as I stand here, the population on this planet is 9 billion. The Harper's Guild has been trying to evacuate as many as we can without raising the Council's suspicions. But it isn't enough. The wormhole is going to open tomorrow. I repeat, tomorrow. Like, I'm getting ahead of myself. We, we first discovered the wormhole in the year 1000 LO as a system. We were new to space travel then, and we were just wanting to explore. Under the guise of exploration, the council went to the wormhole and enslaved so many individuals stole resources. They killed millions. One member of the council knew what they were doing was wrong and secretly started the Harper's Guild. This wormhole, it opens in our system every 2,000 years. I'm assuming you know that, but just in case, I, I have to cover all bases. I don't even know what year you're watching this, but I have to let you know that it will happen again. The year that I am in is 3000 LO. The wormhole will open again in the year 5000 if this mission fails. The council has hidden this information from us. With their greed and access to the wormhole, they want to exploit and enslave other systems and take their military dogs in tow. The Harper's Guild has tried to resist secretly, and we were almost there. Our biggest accomplishment was establishing the Dragon Riders of Moss under the guise as a military unit, when really, they were working for us to save the entire system. The Council was formed with the intention to take over and rule. We know this due to the Harper's Guild creator, who was originally a member of the Council. They want to hide information and make sure that they are the ones in power. They've hidden so many deaths and genocides of so many in the process. And at that point you hear, bang, 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 
on the door and she glances at it and glances back. I don't have much time. We created a cannon. It can close the portal before all is lost. If you're hearing this and Terrant 19 is gone or has failed, please, I am begging you, fight for what is right. Use the cannon to close the wormhole and keep the Adial system safe from the Council's evil plans. Remember, too much power leads to corruption, and the Council are a clear example of that. No one in this system, or any system, should be powerless. We will be using the cannon shortly to close the portal, so hopefully this recording will not even be needed. But the Council sent a tabaxi assassin to murder me and my colleagues this very day. She got four of them. I am the only one left. And she stole the eighth piece of the cannon. Its power source. I can still have the cannon work without the eighth beast, but it will be at a cost. That cost being Tarrant 19. Blame me. Hate me. Make me the villain for the fate of Tarrant 19. But just remember... I did what I had to do before the entire Adile system fell to the same fate or worse by the Council. The information you need to find all eight pieces lays within. And at that, you hear someone bust down the door. Guns go off. She's holding her hands up. You see her fall, clutching the left side of her ribs. She takes a deep breath. Use the cannon! The unit that's protecting this has the information you need to operate it. Stop the council. Do not trust the military. And if for some reason this is the military watching this, she spits on the ground. Remember that we will always fight for equality above all else. And then it stops. I silently remove the uh, microchip key out of the AI and return it to my pack. Aren't you guys glad I pressed that button? AI powers down. I just dumped so much information on you. Sorry. <laughs> that's that, that's happening in a year. This is, we're in forty nine ninety nine LO, and it's happening in five thousand. Grayson raises his rifle and shoots the AI four times, trying to destroy it. Why? You shoot it. Yep. That had all the information you needed, but you shoot it. Yep. Valen uh, raises his uh, pistol at Grayson. Says, why? This information gets out. It's all out war. This is new information to me, but this is... What aren't you telling us? I barely trust any of you, and yet we are all here together. And if this information leaves this planet in any significant way besides the five of us... There's no telling how many people it will affect and how many people will die because of it. What did you and your Dragon Riding Guild get us into? I don't know. What is going on? I don't know. What aren't you telling us? This is information from 2,000 years ago. That's hundreds and hundreds of lifetimes leading to me and to you and to everybody else here. I don't know. I don't know what the Harper's Guild is. I don't know... What the canon is, I don't know what happened in Tarrant 19. 
What I do know is that our suspicions are confirmed and that there is a lot more going on with the council than we could possibly know. And that right now, this information was for it to leave this planet with this AI unit, with these files to remain intact, puts all of our lives in danger as well. And not just our lives, anybody we could possibly care about. My family. Six, your family. Valen, whomever you have. Teresh, your family. Any, anybody we've ever cared about and loved is at risk for the, with this information leaving this planet. So right then, as you're saying that, you hear a noise and the droid starts repairing itself. Valen, do you still have your gun on Grayson? <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I, I slowly lower it as he's talking. Six, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, like, do a sneak attack on Grayson and put my dagger right to his throat and tell him to stop shooting it. Too, because we need to keep it intact. You put your knife to his throat. Let's go ahead and have some rolly boys for that. Yeah, rolly boys. Can you roll stealth for me? And Grace, Grayson. Perception. <laughs> no, we're of course perception. While this is happening, can Pants roll like a stealth or something to see if he can sneak over to the robot? Uh, yeah, let's play out this moment, and then I'll absolutely let you do that. Right, six rolls of 14. Okay, uh, Grayson, do a dexterity saving throw. Uh, Grayson rolled an 18. Okay, so pan- or six, you go up to put your knife to his throat, and Grayson literally looks at you and grabs your wrist. Okay, well, that, when that happens, uh, the- my, Wait, 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 my- we got like two other moments to play out. Oh, sorry, unless it has to do with this. It has to do with this. So when I see that, um, my blaster goes up again at- points at Grayson, and then my left hand points at six, and then you see the stone start to glow, preparing some kind of magic. And it's like, um, I don't think this is a good idea. It's like that Spider-Man meme. Yeah, yeah. holding <laughs> six's wrist one-handed, I just raise the rifle and level it at Balan's head. <laughs> okay, so while you guys stand in a triangle of <laughs> shooting and killing each other... The good old Mexican standoff. <laughs> Pants sneaks up to the robot, and what are you trying to do? Um, well, okay, I was thinking I would pants would sneak up to the robot and maybe plug in something to it to try and, like, get that information, any information on uh, else that the robot might have had. At this point, you can't get anything from it because it would okay. have to tell you it, it okay. but it is repairing itself. So okay. you do, you probably are the only one who notices that it starts repairing itself. So... There's that, right? The triangle. I think uh, <laughs> Temple is going to do the peacekeeper thing um, and uh, walk past Valen, you know, put his hand on Valen's uh, outstretched, you know, magic arm and kind of gently apply pressure to lower his arm, walks into the middle of the, the triangle. Friends, I implore you, we have more important things to do than kill one another. Right as you say, we have more important things to do to kill one another. You hear? Ah, but it was just getting good. Let him finish each other off. And a goblin kind of steps out from the gloom and kind of is laughing. And you notice four goblins step out. Another one goes, I can think of quite a good amount of people who would pay for that information. What do you think, Ned? And then another goblin's like, yeah, why don't you just uh, kill each other off? Or if not, we can do it for you. Can I have a reaction to that? I know, me too. I want to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so the I the moment the moment I hear the voice, I'm gonna turn and just fire my blaster. <laughs> yeah, uh, Grayson does exactly the same thing. <laughs> so they say that they're talking, and you're all frozen, and then boom, both of you turn, and I will let you get this one reaction, and then yeah, go ahead and react. Okay. So go ahead and roll for me. Okay. So Valen, Valen, you first. Yeah. Um. That's uh. Wait, do I, I add my proficiency bonus right to that? Yeah. Just an attack roll. Yeah. It, uh, you add your dexterity and your proficiency bonus if you're proficient with crossbows or whatever you're using. That's twelve. Uh, Valen rolled a twelve. Okay, so you aim at this goblin, and because he has just been aware of where you were, and you kind of like blindly turned, he ducks and it misses him. Okay. And then. Grayson, go ahead and do your moment. Right at that same moment, Grayson lets go of Six's arm, like kind of like swivels, takes, like drops to one knee and just fires his rifle at the sound of the goblin's voice. Um, that is a 13 to hit. Yeah, as you do it too, the goblin just sidesteps and giggles and is like, look at them, they're trying to shoot us. We've been on this planet forever. We know exactly where every nook and cranny is. And right at that, he pulls a dagger out. Everyone roll initiative. Let's go. Ah. Three, four, five, six, five. Okay. Uh, Temple rolled a 19. Uh, Valon rolled a nine. Uh, Grayson rolled a 14. Six rolls a 15. Uh, Pants rolled a 7. Taurus rolled a 12. Well, okay, first of all, yeah. The way I do initiative is I say, blank, you're up, and then this person's on deck. That way, we're all focusing on each other. We're not just thinking about what we're going to do, and we're really, like, being active in the story. Okay, so let me write this down really quick. So what you're saying is, is you say... So-and-so, you're up, and then the person who's going to be doing combat next, you tell them you're on deck. Exactly. Perfection. Got it. So, the highest was Temple. So, Temple, you're up first. And Six is on deck. So, these goblins snicker at you and start to close in, drawing their daggers and clubs. And uh, Temple... You, your head swivels in attention, and you're up first, and six is on deck. If the implications of this information are as Grayson says, then they cannot be bought or sold. I'm going to apply my fists. (laughs) Uh, He moves over to the closest uh, goblin. I'm going to do use my attack action to shove, which is a. I'm actually kind of unfamiliar, so I had to read it. It's a um, strength or dexterity contest. Uh, to knock them prone, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dex for this because I think he's gonna do some like jujitsu kind of thing, right, and trip him down. So I'll roll Dex. So we both roll Dex. Ah, nuts! <laughs> oh, it's still okay. Uh, yeah, Temple rolled a thirteen. <laughs> okay, so the goblin rolled an eleven. Okay, yeah. So Temple runs, you know, that, that kind of uncanny Warforged speed uh, runs towards the goblin uh, kind of, again, it's 
maybe a little bit of leftover from that weird moment, but like palms its face and shoves it to the ground. Hell yeah. And then with a oh. and with a bonus action, uh, readies a punch and it just like a jackhammer just Oh yeah. shit. Really fast. Um, so I'm gonna roll that bonus action attack. You get to do that with advantage, by the way. Oh dope. Why does he get to do that? Because it's prone now. Any melee attack against a prone creature is done with advantage. Oh. Uh, but any ranged attack against a prone creature is done at disadvantage. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, so that's a 15 to hit. Okay, so you roll a 15, so you, you pull back jackhammer style, just boom! Yep. And this goblin's nose, you hear, of the crack, and green blood comes down. As it comes down his face, and that hits. So you do how much damage? Uh, rolled uh, six damage. So yeah, so there's just blood everywhere. Apologies for the broken nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now six is up with Grayson on deck. Okay. Um. So to start, uh, six. Gets down, pulls out both of her daggers, gives them each a little kiss, and says, Time to shine, babies. (laughs) (laughs) She she leaps onto what appears to be these rock formations. She leaps onto the adjacent rock formations, kind of scales, does a jump, Midair. So that's that's about your movement right there. So you land on the other rock formations. He's about fifteen feet from you, below and like slightly below you. Okay, I want to throw both of my daggers at him. I can throw both of them at the same time, right? Because Tabaxi's have that, or rogues have that special ability to be able to use both at the same time. Any anybody anybody can use throw both of them. One would just be considered an off-handed weapon, where with you it's not considered an off-handed weapon. They're both just considered weapon attacks. Perfect. Which means you get uh, you get uh, bonuses on both. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So go ahead and throw them. Tink, tink. Foop, foop. That's your dagger, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Quick point of order. The, the tabaxi thing, it's called feline agility. Um... When you move, when you're in combat, you can double your, your speed until the end of your turn, but then you can't do it again unless you move zero feet on your next turn. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow, that's interesting. But it doesn't. But you don't. But you don't have to use a dash action. No, she doesn't it's, have it's, to that's use not it a, now. That's not a dash. No, you don't. But it's you don't have to dash to do that. That's just your movement. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freaking cats. <laughs> Meow. Okay, so you want me to? Uh, what do you want me to roll? So you need to click on your daggers? Yeah. On, on D&D Beyond? Yeah, click on it. No, I, ha- I have them, but do I roll the hit? Yeah. Twice? Yeah. So six rolled a 16 and a 22. Yeah, so you, you pull back and then let these daggers fly and um, go ahead and roll damage for me on both of those. Do I just roll the D6 again? Um, no, where it says damage next to, uh, like, okay, in your yeah. actions tab, you yeah. Six rolled a five and a six. 
Yeah, so the first dagger goes in deep in the left shoulder and blood spurts out and he goes, Ugh! and then the second dagger goes in the right shoulder and he goes, Ugh! and he literally just slowly falls backwards and is completely dead. Yes. Oh, nice. nice. And do you want to do anything with your bonus action? No, I'm good. I feel good about that murder. <laughs> Grayson, you're up with Torash on deck. Okay, yeah, I am going to, I'm going to run 15 feet down, so I'm kind of standing next to Tarash, and then take aim at this guy and shoot at him. Pew pew. <laughs> 13. That probably misses, huh? <laughs> <laughs> pew pew. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, do it, and he he just saw his brethren get knifed by this tabaxi and dead. So he actually took a step towards that right as that happened and your shot went barely just past his ear. Flip him off. (laughs) And then he looks at you and he goes, fuck you! Okay, and then Torash is up with the goblin on the dick. Alright. As I see this all start to Unfold. I pull. I have my sword hilt in my hand, and I press the press the ruby button on the hilt. And as I press the button, um, about a four four and a half foot long by eight inch wide, just white blade of like kind of a crackling lightning ish energy just comes out of the hilt. I hope you're prepared to die because this place shall be your grave. As a bonus action, I would like to rage, and I will go charging directly forward towards the goblin that's directly in front of me, if that's what, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, yeah, so that will be 30 feet right there, and swing at him with my greatsword. Amazing. Sick, yeah. Your sword is two feet taller than Pants's. <laughs> dude, it's a fucking lightsaber, awesome. bro. It's awesome. It's a fucking lightsaber, dude. Fuck. Uh, but unfortunately, Tarash rolls an 11. Literally, you come up and you go to swing down on this goblin, and he's like, ah, and just lays down for a second, and it barely goes right over his long green nose. But he looks up at you and sees your... Fucking raging face. <laughs> Not stoked where he's at right now. Also, um, I, um, I, sorry, I know you said the goblin's next, but I forgot to add my initiative bonus. So it's just a plus one, so it's a nine. But I said that, but I don't know if you saw or heard. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead, Val. I'll switch those boys. So, um, as, right as, um, Torash runs down. I'm going to target look at like target this guy. I'm going to use my bonus action and I am going to I'm going to use hex on this creature. So you'll see my hand kind of extend out. Basically what it is is I uh, place a curse on this creature within range, which is 90 feet, and uh, until the spell ends, I deal an extra 1d6 damage. Um, also, I get to choose one ability when I cast the spell to have the 
creature um, roll disadvantage at. So I'll just have it be a dexterity saving throw. So anytime he needs to roll a dexterity saving throw, um, they'll roll a disadvantage. Once I cast that, so you, I'll extend my hand out, and then you'll see my hand like glow green. It'll like be my palm. And then you'll see the creature start to glow green, like kind of like irradiating a little bit. Okay, so you cast it on the goblin in the far back left corner of the cave. Who is 35 feet away. And then you'll see my hand kind of go up from a palm and then kind of it's like a finger gun. And then I'm gonna use Eldritch Blast. Which is my, gonna be my action. Oh, cool. Fucking warlock. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a cantrip also, so I can use it as many times as I want. Amazing. Mm. Let's hope this fucking hits. Spicy tea. So it's the dice, it's a d20 plus my spell attack bonus. Cractamundo. Is that it? I don't get any other bonuses? Yep. That's it. Alright, it's a 10. (laughs) Yeah, so you finger gun it, and right as you finger gun it, the goblin goes, and flips you off, and you get pissed, and it misses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. That's my turn. This prone goblin underneath Temple uses his action to get up from not being prone, and then he actually uses his bonus action to do nimble escape, which goblins can do, which lets them disengage basically without a repercussion. So he's going to disengage from you right there. And he's going to try to hide. Um, and then the other goblin is like his yellowing teethy fangs pull up and he's like, I've always wanted to try half-elf soup. And he runs towards Grayson with his big scimitar that he can barely hold and tries to slash at Grayson with his scimitar. Does a 15 hit. A 15 does not hit. And he, he tries to do it and... Just fucking misses like a dumbass. <laughs> then his pants fall down and all of the spaghetti falls out of his fanny pack. Like an idiot. Spaghetti fanny pack. Who puts spaghetti in their fanny pack? An idiot loser. <laughs> can I ask a question? Of course you can ask a question. Um, what was the thing that Anth- that you were rolling against Anthony's character? What was the deciding number? Oh, yeah. So it's his armor class. Your armor class. Okay. So your AC on your thing. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Um, and so, yeah. And so, Pants, you're up. Temple, you will be on deck, but there's a goblin between you. So, I don't know. Pants is finding it hard to want to engage in a in a fight with one of the goblins, since, especially since he's kind of far away and behind, currently next to the robot that is repairing himself. Um, and he's been this whole time watching and kind of really thinking about what he should do um, in the moment, especially since now the goblins want the information and that Grayson brought up a good point that we need to destroy it or it'll cause mayhem in the world. So I think Pants will take his light hammer and try smashing the robot apart. Okay, go ahead and roll strength and add your proficiency bonus. The only reason I'm having you add your proficiency bonus is because he's already partially damaged. Pants rolled a 12. So you hit at it, tink, and unfortunately nothing happens. 
Do you want to do anything else? Um, and I can't hit it again, right? No. Yeah, so no. Temple, you're on deck. The goblins are up. These red boys over here. I, I do the goblins in groups because I don't want you guys to have to wait through fucking four goblins going. Um, so uh, the one underneath Torash is looking up and is just like, Mommy! And then swipes, <laughs> tries to swipe his scimitar right at your junk. And he rolls a 24, natural 20. Ooh. Natural 20, goddamn. While I am raging, um, I do get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. Have. So it'll be a four, four damage to you. So he, he kind of nicks you in the thigh. Okay. And then he goes, <laughs> That's cute. Oh god! <laughs> I like the rage. Your rage voice is so good. It's very good. <laughs> okay, so temp or, or then this goblin over here looks up at six. Isn't it dead? I thought it was dead. Oh, that one is dead. I forgot. Never mind. So yeah, and then that's it. Six like one shot. Like, wait, a fucking goblin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now temples up. So you said that they hid. There, he's. You can still. You can still see him. He's attempting to, but you can see him. Okay. Oh yeah, because they used his action to. That's right. Okay. So yeah, he Temple just chases him down. Um, and uh, we're just gonna do a one-two. So uh, he, you know, after seeing the goblin get up from beneath him and, and you know kind of squirrel away, uh, Temple you know sprints after him and uh, uh, with you know fists raised and wants to do two strikes to the back of the neck. Yeah, so you karate chop the back of his neck. <laughs> Go ahead and roll an arm strike for me. Ah, and then uh, the bonus action. So the uh, temple rolled a nine for the main action, twenty-one for the bonus. And that was the other hand. Yeah, that was the bonus action hit. Okay, so yeah, so you hit the first hand. He's like dodges, but it actually the way he dodges makes him go straight into your other hand. Yep, seven seven points of damage. You hear his neck snap, and he is dead. I think uh, with that, Temple kind of falls to his knees and kind of mourns the goblin. Aww. Yeah, kind of lays him on his back and, like, you know, closes his eyes. And... Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> and then at that, from behind you, from behind you, you hear from the goblin that's standing close to Grayson, Don't touch him, you filthy animal thing that's not an animal because you're metal. <laughs> Temple gets up. Temple Temple respects his request, backs away from him, and that's that's Temple's turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot to say I forgot to say six. You you were up, and then Grayson, you're on deck. Sorry about that. Fantastic. So six takes a knee and gets out her short bow, and um, she aims right for the heart. And shoots. Go ahead and attack. Six um, rolls twelve. I think the goblin's still hacking away at the hex that was cast on him by Valen, and because he's bobbing up and down, the arrow goes right over his head. Shucks. Okay. You can take a movement or a bonus action if you'd like. Sure. Um. I am going to use, I'm going to do a movement and I'm going to run towards him and I'm going to go 
use my feline agility. And so what does that do? Does that make it so that I can go? You can move 60 feet instead of 30, but next turn you can't move at all. Correct. Okay. Flank him. I'll get, yeah, I'll get him. I'll flank him. And... So you're going to flank, which means you are basically going the opposite side of Grayson, so he's in the middle. Yep. All right, so Grayson, you're up. Torash, you're on deck. I drop my rifle on the ground and reach behind me and pull out two what look like metal number ones, essentially. Made out of metal, one in each hand, and I uh, hit the activation button on both of them. White hard light comes out of both of them, and I essentially have two short sword versions of what Torash has. Sick. <laughs> so yeah, so I just kind of throw the rifle to my feet, grab those, ignite them, and say like, "All right, motherfucker!" And then I swing to attack this thing. Okay, go ahead. Uh, sixteen on my first attack. Oh yeah, that hits. Uh, seven, I'm also going to use, so seven points of damage, I'm also going to use Favored Foe, which is a ranger ability. Uh, when I hit a creature with an attack roll, you can mark the target as your favorite enemy for one minute or until you lose concentration. The first time on each of your turns that you hit the favorite enemy and deal damage to it, including when you mark it, you can increase that damage by 1d4. Okay, so you want to hit it and then do this thing innately and then hit it again. Correct. Okay, so you hit it. It dies. You don't have to do that. Cool. <laughs> Great. And um, its head ch- you chop off its head. It's dead. And then you hear, Aah! from that other goblin that's by Torash that's pissed now. <laughs> Technically, I should have rolled with advantage, so I'm just going to roll again in case I got a natural 20 just to super kill it. I did not get a natural 20, so the it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to do a bonus action or movement? No, we'll see where I am. I'm good. That's my turn. That's Grayson's turn. Okay, so Torash is up with Valen on deck. All right, um, I'll just swing at him with my great with my great sword again. Okay, so he had just nicked you in the thigh. The blood from your thigh drips onto his face. You may have missed me once, but not twice. And I go and slap slash down him with my great sword. I did a fourteen to hit. As you're speaking, he's freaking out and he kind of rolls and it misses. Fuck! <laughs> these, things, these things have really high AC. God damn. I know, right? It's a I think it's 15. It's because of how small they are. Yeah. Um, I wonder. And he spits at you that time. Oh, oh now he just crossed the line. Are though. you not raging anymore? He is raging. Well, because you have to hit something every turn to continue to rage. Otherwise, you have to burn another oh. rage. I thought it was. I, th- I was just looking at. It. I thought it was just if I if I attack something. I didn't. Th- it doesn't specify. That yeah, I, I think it's it. just attacking. Is it, is, is, is it just attack? Okay, cool. It is Valen's turn with a goblin on deck. Cool. So, um, what you see happen uh, when the goblin that that just died that Grayson just killed, you see the green glow fade. And then it transfers. I transfer it from that goblin to the far off goblin, the one that's in front of Torash. Okay. Right? I am going to attempt to Eldritch Blast that guy too. Okay. Fuck, it's a 13. 
Damn. Damn it. We are rolling really low. <laughs> I have shit rolls today. Fuck. These goblins are getting the best of us. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Valen, you want to do anything else? Uh, no, that's all I can do. Um, okay, so this goblin is going to basically kind of look at the exit, look at Torash above him, look at the exit. You can tell he's trying to decide what to do. He looks up at Torash, spits on him again. Of course, it goes like to his mid shin because Torash is so <laughs> tall. And he swipes the scimitar up again, trying to cut off your junk. Does a 10 hit? It does not. So he misses. <laughs> and he's pant. And this way, he's like panting. Everybody's like, <laughs> like he's really exhausted. And uh, pants. You're up. With Temple on deck. Um. So since Pants has realized that he is not strong enough to <laughs> take apart this robot, robot, he decides to do the only thing he can do and blast a fire bolt from his self at the remaining goblin to try and help out. Okay, so do you move? Because there's a big rock formation in front of you. Oh yeah, I guess, so I can move and then do an action, right? Yep, mm -hmm. you can do them in any order. So I move like just past, cause I still wanna kinda be hidden. So I move just past the boulder before I can see him. Okay. And my firebolt can go 120 feet. And that's 45 feet. So I um, stand up, ramp up, cough a little bit. Haven't done this in a really long time cause I don't normally engage in combat. Um, and Pants lets out a firebolt from his mouth. Sweet. So you open your mouth, and what color's the fire? It's just an orange fire, like a normal orange fire. Nice. Okay, Pants rolls a 21. Nice. Fuck yeah, so Pants opens their tiny mouth, and he... And, like, orange fire pours out and just goes underneath Torash's legs and singes this goblin. Go ahead and do damage for me. Ooh, a six. And you see that this goblin's legs and stomach and chest and arms just turn like a burnt cut. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that. And he's just rolling around and looking up at Torash like, Gah! I'm creepy. <laughs> Temple's turn. Yeah, I think the the one goblin that uh, reproached Temple for <laughs> touching the the one that he uh, snapped in half. Um, I think he, now that that one's dead, he's Temple's going to pick up the one that he killed, bring it over to that one, and lay them next to each other, and and start doing the kind of funerary rites again. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of disengaged <laughs> from the fight. I think he's uh, it's probably enough violence for today. Okay. And then uh, it will be six. And then Grayson's on deck. So this goblin that I've set on fire is still alive? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, so just just to check, the only one that's still alive is the one that's right in front of Torash, correct? Correct, Amunda. Yeah. Okay. So... Correct, Amundo. Six um, grabs the space rifle that she picked up off the ship... Um, she unslings that from her back, and... You have about five ammo in it. Cool. 
So she takes aim and shoots. Perfect. So we'll go ahead and roll a longbow. I've renamed it to Space Rifle. I love that. Amazing. <laughs> a six rolled an 18. Nice. So you sling this thing off, look at it. It hits it. Go ahead and roll damage. I swear to God, if you kill this thing right in front of me. <laughs> you do get your sneak attack damage because Torash is right next to him. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so it's seven. So yeah, you shoot it, and Torash has his light sword. He's lifting it up. He's about to fucking end this. He's pissed. And then Six just <laughs> pow, and shoots it between the eyes, and it falls dead right in front of Torash. Fucker. So good. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stealing goddamn thunder. Sorry about that, Torash. Six is the real MVP. She got two yeah. of them. She got two of the four. She's a sneaky murder cat. <laughs> Sneaky murder cat for real. Motherfucker, I was in the middle of trying to kill this fucking thing. You just decided to steal it from me. Son of a bitch, I was so excited for this. Well, we're all alive, and I feel like that's the most important part. Grayson turns off his, his light swords and stores them back on his belt and picks up his rifle and slings that over his shoulder. Pants. Wants to scurry, has scurried back over to the robot. Yeah, Temple stays with the bodies. He's he's kind of muttering to himself. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to pants and then be like, um, so what do you think? Do you think we should destroy this thing? Please don't destroy me. I am Sam. I can give you information on the first base. When he says that a little armed receptacle kind of gestures to the base. And as you look at it, it has changed. It is slightly glowing, and it seems there are eight pieces that would assemble on this base. Mm. Eight, eight pieces. So if you remember back to her telling you, she said there's eight pieces of the cannon, but that the tabaxi assassin stole one of them. Don't destroy me. I have clues to the eight pieces. Is there a way we can download the consciousness? I think I already I already tried doing that. No, you just tried breaking it. Well, before the combat started, I snuck over and tried to plug in and download something. But you said it was repairing itself so I, or something like that, so I couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. So at this point, it's repaired enough that you could. But what would you guys put it in? Um, can we store it into uh, Temple's bracelet? Or Temple. Or can we just store it in Temple? Or store it in Temple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You couldn't do it in the bracelet, but you probably could start in Temple if Temple agreed. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look over at Temple and be like, uh, Temple, I uh, gotta ask you a question here. Actually, more like a favor. However many holy words you read, however many you speak, what good will they do if you do not act upon them? Aw, he's sad. He needs time to grieve the, the little goblin boys. Temple, it's no time to be remorseful. Get your get your metal butt over here. We need your help. I think, yeah, hearing that uh, help is help is needed, he he stands up and 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 walks over. How can I assist? Um, first thing I do is I grab, touch him on the shoulder. I'm like, we we did what we had to do. It was uh, it was us or them. I understand. But um, we actually want to uh, keep this information from this robot here. 
to ourselves, make sure that no one else kind of stumbles upon it. And it's not like we can really manage to carry this thing everywhere we go. So I was thinking maybe we can try to download it, any files into maybe your database or if you have some kind of storage that we can use. I can store data, but I cannot store another sentient passenger. Unfortunately, there's only one seat in this particular body. Is that okay, God? He can attempt to download information, but he cannot... He's exactly right. He can't have Sam's consciousness in him. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So, um, yeah, um, well, that would... Uh, I think that would immensely help us, uh, seeing as uh, this robot is defenseless and you, I mean, essentially have us to help protect that information as well. All right, I'll do it. And I turn to then I turn to Pants and like, uh, do you think you'll be able to help him out? Yeah, sure. But from the lack of him letting me borrow any of his um, body parts, I have really no idea how he can download that. So, so Temple would intrinsically know that he has two wires that can come out of his wrist that he can plug into any other type of AI and read. However, he does have a capacity limit. You, you think of the Borg. When they assimilate, have those two like wires that come out. It's kind of like that. Yeah, I, I I kind of like unhitch my wrist and and show pants the sort of the access port and and you know kind of walk over to the uh, bot with pants and kind of kneel down next to it so that um, you can kind of see how how that works. So yeah, temp, Temple plugs in I think to um, the the similar or adjacent or matching ports on the on the bot and uh, looks to pants to kind of. Uh, coax the transfer. Okay. Um, so he pants walks over with Temple over to the main body of the robot. And it's just and it's just going, I, I am Sam. And it's like trying to do its job. So he goes, well, this particular uh, robot build, I've seen many similar to it. Probably you want to look for the base of the unit and the port should be somewhere here and he points at the two ports and watches very inquisitively as how temple injects the two ports from him into the robot all right um sam we are your friends i'm going to copy some of the information to ensure that your mission is a success there is a shit ton of information inside probably more than temple's capacity so would it be possible for i mean it almost sounds like a short rest like having temple kind of sit with this thing and sift through and figure out the right stuff to copy in yeah i think that sam's intellect is high enough that he knows what primary information you can get from him so he can give you about 40 percent of his total info okay so he does the download into you i would say it takes about 15 minutes and then as you get the information, like your orange eyes are kind of like glowing and pulsing as you're getting all this info. And then at the end, the robot Sam just completely goes deactivating and then completely just goes limp, falls to the ground and is no longer on. Uh, Temple uh, detaches the the ports and uh, I think lays the, lays the bot down similar to the goblins. And then uh, I think... Um, let's see. I've stored the information, but I have yet to experience it. Um, I would need a rest to to go through the information and, and relay what I learned to you guys. How close is Grayson to us? 
I, I would have joined you guys at this point. I, I think uh, Temple turns to Grayson, who I think had the had the concerns about, you know, data security. Um, Grayson, I, I get the sense that the information was transferred, not copied. The bot is inert. There is no more data stored in it. Temple, I trust you with this information more than I'd trust anybody else in the star sector. Um, I'm going to turn to Pants. I'm like, Pants? Um, you got any of those... Uh boom boom bombs on you by chance oh, oh yeah what do you have in mind um i think we should uh, lay this robot to rest per se and uh just blow it smithereens ha gotcha and so he pants rummages through his little satchel he pulls out one of the what do i have a, a bomb so, like, the idea is uh, I want to obviously not just blow it up here, but we'll, like, move it away from this platform so it doesn't damage it, and then just kind of blow it up. If anyone's five feet within the bomb, which I doubt you guys would be that dumb, but I need to roll a dexterity saving throw. I think we all move away. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because we, we're going to move the body. Wait. Wait a second. Six has just... Now, since Temple moved away from the goblins' bodies, Six has pickpocketed their bodies. But she overhears this conversation and says, before we blow it up, shouldn't we see if there's any components on it that are interconnected or potentially like a locking or some sort of key mechanism to this platform? Don't you think his physical structure might be beneficial to it as well before we destroy him like he would like he would be one of the eight pieces yeah that's a valid concern why don't you search it six okay hey did hey god did i get anything off of those goblins you did what i get so you're looting the goblinos goblinos and you find Pants' water skin. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> that was what your nat one was. They stole from you in the middle of the night. <laughs> and the only person who said, I want to check up all my shit on me is Torash. <laughs> <laughs> Pants, your gob- they find you find Pants' goblins, uh, or goblin skin, water skin with a little teddy bear stitched in on it. <laughs> and then you find your, one of your thieves' tools. Oh, all of my thieves' tools? Yeah. Fuck those guys. You find a, a gold purse with three gold, or three silver. Yes. And then you find a jar of pickled ears. <laughs> nice. So I don't want to keep that. Hey, 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 can I have the pickled ears? Pickled <laughs> pants, I, fa- I found your water skin with your little teddy bear on it, and if you want these ears, go for it. That's gross. I don't need those. Yes. Those ears look like something Terrawin would make. So the reason I had you guys do survival when you were sleeping was to see if they would do if you yeah. Is there a specific range to what is Temple Century or is it three sixty like all the way around? Because if they came from the cave, it would be it would be one thing. Because if I mean, if, if his like if century is only yeah. like this, if it's stealth against perception and they roll higher than his perception, then yeah, you know for sure. Right. Oh, I didn't do it. I should do it against his perception next time. I did it against his AC. Sorry. No sweat. It's cool. We got it all back. It's fine. 
Should I add the silver to my inventory? Yeah. And I get the pickled ears. Yep. Keep it. She's already given it to you, baby. She don't want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> In my water pouch with my teddy bear. Okay, so do I? should I roll investigation on the uh, robo-boy? Go ahead and roll investigation. Six rolled a ten. Yeah, it doesn't look like this would fit fit any parts that you know of. You're not you're not super sure, but it doesn't look like it's the same materials. It doesn't look like there's like a somewhere it would click in per se, but you're not you're definitely not positive. Definitely not positive. That sounds pretty oxymoronic. And all right. I don't see anything here. Fire at will. Blow it up. All right, Pants, let's go. Oh, yeah. Let's make sure this bomb isn't too big so we unalive ourselves in this cave because I want to get out of here. Hey, Taurus, can you come over and carry this robot to the other end of the cave? Of course. I'm sure it's no problem. Come on. And I go to drag the robot to the other side of the cave. Pants sticks the bomb on the robot and fucking runs for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you guys run away, then... And some of the little rocks from above you in the cave fall down a little bit, but besides that, nothing happens. And yeah, and you see a blown apart... You can't even... The two pieces of metal are so small and kind of all over the cave at this point. You couldn't even tell probably what it was. It's just scrap metal everywhere. That was awesome. Well, that makes me feel better, though, knowing that information won't get out to... And when we don't want it to. Temple roll survival. Sure thing. Oh my god. Twenty. Oh shit. Temple rolled a twenty. Very nice. Oh, twenty. Alright, you're good to go. Never mind. <laughs> Are you trying to put a you're trying to download a virus into his head? Make sure you're not gonna get corrupted. Maybe. I don't know. You don't know. Note to self, not good when the DM says roll survival. Oh, it's never good anytime with a roll. Sneaky shit's afoot. <laughs> even worse is when they don't announce the role they're doing they just roll yeah. <laughs> like, what is that for <laughs> all right you know you all look at each other kind of between the smoke of the bomb making eye contact and there's a heaviness you feel that you just got a lot of information that you were not expecting to get when you went on this adventure and you all kind of exchange glances in this cave and we're gonna end the session right there. Nice. Right. Good DMing, DM. Good job, everyone. That was super fun. It was. Well, that wraps up our episode four. The team really learned their purpose on this mission, and they have some big choices to make. Thanks again for listening. Go ahead and Check us out on all social media. And and if you want to hear the next episode early, get some behind the scenes at the DM, or even send the team a magical item or create an NPC, check us out on Patreon. The options are limitless. We also have a Dungeon Boys community discord where you can meet the cast and all kinds of amazing folks. You can find it through any of our social media links. Thanks so much again, and we hope that the next two weeks are out of this galaxy.